Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For this episode, we welcome Weston Romine and Lydia Hammonds as we discuss faith while in college. So Lydia and Weston, thank you for joining us today. To get us started, can you just tell us a little bit about yourselves, whatever you want to start with, and then George will ask you some follow-up questions. So Lydia, do you want to start us off? Sure, I would love to go first. So I grew up going to St. Peter's, and then I went to North High School, and then I went to Trevecca Nazarene University, and that's in Nashville, Tennessee. And I went there in person for three years, and then I decided to go online and work as well. So I work at Blondie's Salon and Spa full-time. Wait a minute, though. You weren't there for a full three years because you were a COVID person, That's right? very true. I was there for, I would say, two years. Okay, so part of your freshman year? Part of my freshman year. So February of my freshman year, I got sent home, and then I didn't go back until September that fall. So Of your... Of my theori- sophomore your year. theoretically sophomore year. Theoretically, yes. Okay. So my first year of college was, half of it was online. Okay. So. And so was it just your fourth year you decided to stay home for? Yeah. And then I added on another semester. Oh, so, all right. Because so, I so you changed be, majors. So you could be smarter. <laughs> oh, no. So you, you changed oh, oh, yeah. And be smarter. And, and what is that major? Business. Business. But I went back and forth on what I was specializing in, whether that's music business, business and community development. Now I'm just playing business management. So Business management. All right. Yeah. Weston, want to share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah. So, um, like Lydia, I've been at St. Peter's my whole life. I actually came to school here uh, first through eighth grade as well. And then in high school, I was also very involved in venture and went on a couple mission trips as well. And now I'm a sophomore at Purdue University studying supply chain and operations management. Just really trying to see where that goes and see where the Lord leads me with that. So, you said you didn't go here for kindergarten? No, I did not. I actually went to St. Paul's for kindergarten in preschool. Okay. Um, my class size there is about 12, so. And then where did you go to high school? Uh, Columbus East. East, so, so we got a north and east, no fighting. Yeah. I don't yeah. have any beef. You see both sides. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're two great schools, and yeah. they're great people that go to both schools. So supply chain management, what does that even mean? Joss, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they don't give you any major specific classes your first couple of years. But how did you decide to go into that then? It actually was in one of the business classes I took in high school. We did like this thing called a VB knowledge simulation. And in that, I was simulating running a business, and I just really liked the supply chain aspect of it. And so when I saw Purdue offered it, I applied to that, and I kind of forgot I did until I got the acceptance letter. And then that's when I was like, okay, I guess that's what I'll go into. So <laughs> it might have been God speaking. Yeah. I mean, all right. Yeah. So I think both of you mentioned that you were active in, in venture. So tell us a little bit about how you were involved in venture and you know, what, what were some of the things that were your favorites. And Lydia will let ladies go first because well, we, thank st- you. we still believe in chivalry. We love that. Okay. So venture started the year before I attended. So it was pretty new, but I started going more my junior year of high school and my senior year. Mike Jessup's first year was my senior year of high school. I mean, it was awesome. And I also went to Guatemala twice, and that was awesome. As a, that was as a high school student, right? Yes. Because now they do take some junior high kids, right? Yes, yes. Um, but my senior year, it was my senior project. And so we did take a lot of eighth graders. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So as your senior project, what did you have to do? To I was in, in charge of planning the yeah, entire trip. The entire trip? Yes. Like airfare and all those things too? Sort of. My king foot really helped a lot, but more of like what we were doing there, I was in charge of. So I was in charge of the VBS at the school. So I was planning the events there, music, Bible study, 
plans for that night and also the devotions as a team so we can talk about what did we learn today what's changed our eyes are opened so but you had had one year experience before you did that yeah so i went my junior year you kind of knew what some of the things were yeah definitely of course every trip is different and dynamic with each group but i would definitely say my junior year it was for me and how my eyes were opened in my faith in my senior year i felt like i wanted to share that with others and show how god's love is different in other countries and how privileged we really are here it's (laughs) it's amazing if you whenever you go on a mission trip you just realize exactly what you said we are super privileged Mm -hmm. we've been blessed so much by god my big thing is there's running water and flush toilets here and that's you don't always have that in in you cannot flush the toilet paper in guatemala And as you went through that, you were also involved when you were adventure with, uh, I think, some vocal things, right? Yeah, I was the lead of the youth band, so that was a lot of fun. No one else ever wanted to sing, so I was up there by myself. <laughs> but I loved it. It was super fun. That gave me a lot of times. I got to go to chapel and perform with Mike, and I would perform at lead worship at youth retreats, and it was so much fun. I loved it. I miss it. <laughs> but you didn't pursue music. No, not really. Um, I would always be open to that still, but I wanted a backup plan. So. All right. All right. Yeah. And Weston, what was your involvement in venture? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't in music or anything like that, but for the four years, I was pretty much just like a participant through it. I remember as an underclassman, just being able to watch the upperclassmen and how they handled their faith and just being in that environment. That was really powerful for me. And then junior year going to senior year is when I went on my first mission trip to Kansas City. And that was a really eye-opening experience for me and made me want to do more stuff. And then senior year going to college was the National Youth Gathering. And that also was another great conference that I got to go to. And then just being able to stay connected to Venture through college has also been a big help and something that I feel like they've added recently that I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Just still kind of having that home here because when you come back home, you don't want to feel stagnant still. And so still being able to be connected to people like Mike and that good community, especially from a college standpoint, is very, very beneficial. I'm really glad Venture's kind of taken those steps and then I got going to Guatemala actually for the first time this past spring when I was in college and that was still just a great experience for me just to get to kind of being a midpoint kind of between a leader and a student going still getting experience kind of from that student standpoint but also having a little bit more responsibility than maybe I would have if I was still in high school. Now, Youth Ministries had a banquet for several years, and I know, Weston, you gave a testimony. And Lydia, you sang. Did you give a testimony also one year? Um, I did not give a testimony, but I sang. Sang there. I, that I, was my testimony. Well, and it is. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I don't want to diminish that because it is a great testimony that you're not ashamed to get up there and share your faith and singing and, and leading the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is kind of different when you're actually giving some personal things. Weston, I know what the, some of the things you shared about is how the Youth Ministry impacted you. If you think about the different things both of you did during venture, you know, maybe there's one thing that really said, yeah, this is what set me on fire. Or it was several things that just nurtured you in your faith. There's some things you can say that was really important in my faith development. I would 100% say my junior year when I went to Guatemala, that was what flipped the switch. And I started to have a better outlook on life, I want to say. I wasn't just surviving. I was thriving, in the words of Casting Crowns. But I was focused on how I can help others and how I can get other people to have the experience that I had. And Mike Kingfoot and Mike Joseph were definitely very, very awesome mentors that taught me a lot during that time. So your mission trip was very influential, but also some Christian mentors. Yes, yes. Weston, you've had a minute to think. Have you thought of something? (laughs) 
I think it's not just with Venture, but having been at St. Peter's throughout my whole life and coming to school here, all those years, first through eighth grade and then in high school using Venture to continue growing in my faith, it helped me accumulate a lot of like knowledge that I was actually been able to use up at college that I normally wouldn't have had otherwise. And so that's probably been the biggest impact that has had me. I don't really have one specific thing where it's like, this is what impacted me the most. I mean, mission trips and everything like that are things that I still remember very well. But I think it's just the consistency with it that helped me the most of developing a habit and a love of learning and growing in knowledge about God. That's really kind of helped me and the transition from high school and living at home to living at college. Now, Lydia, your school, Nazarene, so that's a Christian school. Yes. Was it, what were some things that the school did to help students to stay connected yeah. to Yeah. So every year is a mandatory religion class, whether that's introduction to biblical faith or just Christian life and ministry. But those were every semester you'd have a new class. And then they had chapel credits that you had to take. So you had to go into chapel. And then they did recommend like they would go out and help you find a home church. So I was going to a Nazarene church for the first year until I went, then COVID happened and I was watching it online. But I would say they were very, very insistent on having those mentors as well. So, I mean, in a normal, I feel like Purdue, your RA is your friend and like more of in charge of you. Your RA would come and pray with you whenever you needed like encouragement, you know, or they would send you a text. This verse just stuck out to me today. Here you go. You should read it. So little things like that, of course, it was very different. And also it was super small. Um, so at Purdue, RAs have a huge amount of people to take care of. There was 12 of us. <laughs> Right. So it was a little bit different, but so that RA could invest more into you personally. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And mm-hmm. was there other things that you did personally that weren't required that that helped to nurture your faith while you were at school? I'm a big believer of you are who you surround yourself with, and so I always tried to find a good group of people that I could trust and that were on the same path of life with me. Just because it was a Christian campus doesn't mean everyone there was Christian, but majority of them were. So I feel like I had a good group of people to surround myself with. And then COVID hit and it got a little bit messy and I didn't see my friends for a while. So Weston, you know, Lydia already mentioned, Purdue's a lot larger and it's a public university, so there's no requirements for faith. What are some of the things you've done to continue to keep connected? You mentioned a little bit about Venture calling you back and doing some Mm -hmm. stuff like that. What else have you done personally to nurture your faith? Yeah, so that's probably one of the biggest differences at Purdue than at like a private university or anything like that is that there is no requirement. And that was probably one of the first things I noticed up there was kind of realizing like, oh, I don't have to do this if I don't want to anymore. And I think it was that freedom and you're realizing that that led me to desire it more. Whenever it's not being forced on you, whenever it truly is now your choice, that's really what led me to be like, okay, if I'm going to take this seriously, what am I going to do now? What are my next steps? And I remember it was one of the first weeks I was walking down the street and there's just this random table set up that I happened to pass by and they called me over and they gave me what was called a crew card. And that's kind of my first contact with Campus Crusade, who I've now been with since there's one of the many campus ministries there on Purdue's campuses. And so then first week, Purdue has like a, it's a club fair where all the clubs go out and it's for the freshmen to come get to know, see what's available. And so I went to the campus ministry section and I just kind of shopped around, saw what I wanted and I saw a crew and a couple others on there. So yeah, that's probably the main thing I did was kind of like Larry said, you are who you surround yourself with. I knew if I got involved in a campus ministry, I would not only satisfy that face section of me, but I would also find good people who also have similar values to me. And so I got really involved with crew and I've been within the past couple of years, but I also got involved with a different campus ministry called Launch. And that's actually where I met my core friend group 
the guy I live with now I met there. And the cool thing about that and how I saw God work through all that was that like everyone in my core friend group from that, I kind of met individually outside of launch. And then we all met up there and just looking back and just seeing how God brought us all together. was just really, really cool. And so with one of the guys I met through crew, then that's how I met my church family up there. And there's just so many connections and so interwoven with how God's worked through it that to think about it just really leaves me breathless and like in awe of his plan. But yeah, for me, it was really just the, I don't have to do this. Like the genuineness of the choice. That's the beauty of it. And that was the biggest thing going to Purdue. And I think for me, that's what helped me really start taking my next big steps of faith was the freedom of it. So both of you have talked about the group of people that's surrounding. I'm sure this is where Dustin can add in how important groups are. And one of our really focuses in our adult discipleship is to connect people to a positive group of people that can walk alongside of them. Yeah, honestly, hearing you guys talk kind of brings me back to our Vision 28 here at St. Peter's. And one of the motives is compelling community. And you guys kind of talk about that, you know, sharing that without actually saying compelling community, but that group of people where the gospel is shared and revealed and having, like you talked about that, those people around you that can encourage you, hold you accountable in, in positive ways. So that's just, I think, so important to our faith life, right, of having those people. And as we seek to then bless others, live on mission, you need those people around you that can help as you go to seek to do that because it's hard, it's challenging, it's messy. But when you have people along with you, you can encourage one another, help each other, pick each other back up when you fall down, that type of thing. And and also, I think it's just such a great witness to people. Jesus said that they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. And when you're in a group of people like that, showing your love for one another, forgiving each other, going through hard times together, people see like what's with these people like what's the common thread here among this group of people because it may be a random assortment of people but the gospel is what unites them and that can be intriguing to people like i want that i want what they have and so yeah i think it's just so cool but yeah groups are just i think an important part of finding that community and it can look very different for people but you know here at saint peter's we have discipleship groups we have connect groups we have activity groups you know like you guys it kind of organically happened or through different ways. Weston, to your point, like you kind of met outside of that and then like how God orchestrated that sounds really cool. So encourage people to really find that community that you can be a part of and be able to encourage one another. So now you guys both mentioned there's been some mentors in your life. Now you get the chance to be a mentor. If you're going to give some advice to somebody your age or maybe a little bit younger than you coming into the college years, what might be some advice that you would give them about getting connected to Christ, growing in their faith, nurturing their faith? I would say I'm a big believer in you can make the time if it's important to you. So there were a lot of times where I'm like, you know, I have a test tomorrow. I'm going to have to stay home and study. And looking back, I'm like, I was on my phone scrolling on TikTok. I was not studying. I should have gone to church that day. And so I just think about little things like that where I could have grown my faith and I could have done more and met even more people and more connections where I just sat at home instead in my dorm room. And I was like, you know what? I had a a late night last night, so I'm just going to hang out here. And looking back, I think that I definitely missed on some opportunities because I didn't make the time. Now, are you changing that a little bit that you're studying online, but you're working? So are you making connections with work people? So, yeah, I'm also a Sherpa. It's been very fun changing from that student side to the Sherpa side. A Sherpa is a youth leader in yes. our venture program yes. or Trek. Which one is? I'm in venture. You're in venture. Okay. I mentor the junior girls with Mindy and Hannah, but I definitely have a huge, huge, huge community of Sherpas and it's awesome and 
they're like my best friends now. And I do have some friends growing up from St. Peter's that I'm still really, really close with. And I have the friends that I met in college that I still keep in contact with. But just building that community of so many different friend groups, I feel like, and different churches. And I think it's very important. Now, speaking of friend groups that you've had from St. Peter's, do you want to talk about your podcast at all? So many of you guys know Cameron Wedgrack. Cameron um, Kelly originally. Cameron Kelly originally, and then Riley Forbes. During summer of 2021, we got a little bored, and COVID was still kind of happening, and we were like, let's do something fun. So we made our own podcast in Riley's basement, and we talked about tons of different things. And like, for example, the first one was called Out of This World, and it is a train wreck because we did not know how to edit yet. But it was, what does the Bible say about aliens? So we had little hour-long podcasts. Um, it was an us. hour long. We love to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was a lot of fun. And that's still available on Spotify? Spotify. <laughs> yes. Right. So and iTunes also? It's called Intentionally His. Intentionally His. Intentionally dot his. Intentionally dot his. All right. Yes. And that was the three of you just talking about spiritual things. Yeah. And we would. Our spiritual week, side of various things. Yes. Okay. So what does the Bible say about feminism? What does the Bible say about aliens? What does the Bible say about et cetera? So. Did you have a large following? No. <laughs> All right. Well, you know. We went viral. Yeah. No. Um, we had like, I would say 20 or 30 well, you people. Know, 20 people. If you can influence 20 people yeah. with God's love. Yeah. All right. All right. It's very fun. But I mean, I haven't listened to it in two years. We haven't caught up with it, but there's like six episodes. So All right. go six, like and subscribe. Six, you can try it out <laughs> and then come back to ours because ours is better. No, 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 no. No, I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> uh, but see, now that we, we had some youth here a few weeks ago and they were talking about their youth podcast they're starting now and they're calling it the... Argu- arguably the best podcast, I believe. Is that right? I think it's arguably the best youth podcast. Did they change it? Okay. I don't know. Because yeah. we would argue with them that ours is a better podcast, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Weston, what would be some advice you would give to somebody that's a young adult that that wants to grow in their faith or stay close to Jesus? Yeah, I just have a couple things I would tell them. It's pretty simple, but it's just to one, know what you believe, and two, know your reasons for believing it. And along with that, just making it your own. For me, that was probably the biggest way that I've grown is I don't feel like I don't know why I believe what I believe anymore. I don't feel like I only believe it because that's all I've known. I've talked to people of other religions. I've kind of explored like what they believe and cross-checked it with like Christianity and kind of seen like, okay, where are the similarities and differences? And that really helped me grow a lot to see kind of where Christians differ off of what a lot of other people believe. And I say, I now for certain know why I believe what I believe versus if you talked to me maybe a year or two ago, it would really just be because Christianity was the only thing I'd been exposed to, the only thing I'd ever known. And so that transition, once you know why you believe what you believe, it, it feels a lot more solid. It feels a lot less flaky. And there's a lot more conviction behind telling somebody, this is what I believe. And then when they ask you why, if you can actually back it up, I think they're a lot more willing to listen to that too. All right. Now, this is a question that we hadn't prepped you with. So if you need a time to think about this, but that's advice you would give to somebody your own age. You guys both went through St. Peter's. You learned a ton of information. But really, it was kind of high school when you kind of caught the fire. What might you give advice to St. Peter's students or maybe parents that want to nurture their kid into having that fire earlier on? What might parents or kids do to to spur their faith on? I think that the quest groups that they're doing right now, they're starting out like Desiree Shaw's leading it where they're having like small groups for kids that are even like in fourth or third grade. But I think a small group in general is such a good 
connection building and trust building. And if you're in the same group that you've been with since like fourth grade, when you end up in senior year, you're like, oh, these people I can trust the rest of my life. But I think that's such a good idea and it builds so much community and it also gives kids another person to trust. Not just their parents, even though their parents are probably great, but having another spiritual mentor is such a good idea, I would say. Okay. Weston, you got anything to add to that? You can say no. Yeah, no, I do. All right. Um, it's going to be very tied to my answer to my last question. The advice I'd give parents trying to raise up their kids in the faith would be to just give them opportunities to know why, the why behind what they believe growing up. I think for me, this kind of hit me a little bit later. when I really got obsessed with this why kind of at the end of high school going into college because I felt like throughout my middle school years and high school years, I didn't really look after this why. I kind of accumulated all this head knowledge without knowing the reasons behind it. And so then felt like later is whenever I got into this, like, why do I actually believe what I believe? And so I feel like for a younger kid to make them stronger in their faith, they need to know why. Eventually, because I told you so, or because, you know, that's what the Bible says, that doesn't cut it once you get to college. And when you get to college, a lot of people are going to pick that apart because there are a lot of non-Christians who know the Bible who will pick it on you. And the people I know who were Christians and have kind of fallen away, I think it's because they don't know the why, because they don't know the reasons. You guys have done a great job sharing with us about the things that have influenced you and what that can do as you talk about having other people grow in their faith also. Dustin, I'm sure you heard the five by two all the way through all that, especially meaningful conversations, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, hearing it throughout, you know, we talked about from Lydia helping lead worship to blessing others, whether it was through mission trips or, or whatever it may be, finding those ways to, to bless other people. And what's interesting is I feel like as we seek to bless others, and you guys talked about this on your mission trips, we end up being blessed too, right? Like through that, it's like, I think sometimes even more so probably than the mm-hmm. people we're trying to bless. And then, yeah, the meaningful conversations throughout, whether it's in your friend groups or your small groups, whatever it may be throughout. And then, you know, the kind of two different areas of the five is, you know, more in our individual lives with those closest but then with other people, and as we talked about that importance of community, just kept hearing that over and over. Of you guys talked about mentors or friends, like having those people to encourage and help hold each other accountable to walk through life together. Because life is tough, whether you're in college or older, where you know younger, like life is tough. And to have those people walking alongside you, encouraging you, reminding each other of the good news that we have in Jesus, is just so important. So, George, any closing thoughts? Yeah, the only thing I would add on to this is you know as you're sharing your faith and you're defending your faith i just remember first peter three fifteen, where it just says but do it with gentleness and respect and as we have discussions with other people part of it is like help me understand your point of view you cannot argue anybody into the faith but you can through your love and your reaction to them talk about it and get them to think about it and then in gentleness and respect share your faith yeah, and with that verse, I always think of earlier in the verse, it says they always have that answer ready for, you know, basically why you believe or why you live the way you do. And so I heard this from a different resource, but the idea of as you're seeking to bless others and to live on mission, people then may ask, well, why are you doing this? And then that gives you that opportunity then to be able to share the gospel, to give that answer. And as George, to your point, with gentleness and respect. So Weston and Lydia, thank you so much for joining us. Great stuff. A lot of great things, especially for those listening who are either in college or going to be going soon, but really for anybody hearing that, I just think it was a a true blessing. So thank you both for being here. So um, to our listeners, uh, thanks for listening. We look forward to continuing uh, these discipleship conversations as usual and talking about the five by two. Now 
go out and serve God and others.